things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I showed up on Podcast P with Paul George himself for the Los Angeles Clippers. And let me not forget Jackie Long. Well, guess what? Podcast P, I mean, Paul George has has decided to return the favor. Is that and more coming up right here on the Stephen A. Smith Show. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, obviously, I'm here in our studios, back in my home studio, thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. As always, my followers continue to grow. The subscribers continue to grow. We've eclipsed 291,000 subscribers, closing in on 300. We've picked up about 10,000 new subscribers over the last five days or so appreciate the love and support as i always tell you you keep it coming i'm gonna keep on coming so make sure to like and follow the Stephen a smith show on youtube click the bell to get notified of all of my new content please and by the way while you're at it if you're looking for something to read while you're on a flight you're on the train you're on the bus or whatever the case may be you're a passenger in a car and you ain't getting motion sickness when you do read make sure to pick up a copy of my new york times best-selling memoir straight shooter a memoir of second chances and first takes. As always, as I've told you before, Wednesday was the exception because I was in Los Angeles, California, and I wasn't in a position to utilize my phone system that I have installed here for my show. But I'm back in my regular studio, so I'll be taking live callers today, okay? After I talk to my next guest, feel free to call into the show. 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. As I said in my cold open, you know, understand that I'm the kind of brother that I love to have conversations. You know, one of the things that I'm, uh, that no athlete can say is that, you know, when they want me, that I don't come. If they want me around, they want to speak to me, I'm available. Because my mentality is, as a journalist, um, as a pundit and commentator for the better part of the last 30 years, we certainly ask them of their time every chance we get. So when they ask you for theirs, to me, I have an obligation to stand up and live up to that and show up. Well, Paul George and Jackie Long had a conversation about me a few weeks ago because they didn't like what I had to say about Kawhi Leonard. And then they said some things and I clapped right back at them. And when I clapped right back at them, I was invited on their podcast and I showed up and I stayed for over two hours. 
uh, to touch on any subject they wanted me to touch on, which is exactly what we did. In this particular instance, Paul George being the class act that he is, not just only an all-star caliber player, but an all-star caliber person, returned the favor. As promised, the NBA veteran sat down with George Truly to talk about the upcoming season, his mindset going into it, and of course his popular new podcast, Podcast P is what it's called. Uh, I had this conversation with him just a few hours ago. That's why you'll see me wearing a different shirt. But nevertheless, it is current. This is yours truly with Clippers all-star player, the one and only Paul George. Take a listen. A couple of weeks ago, I was on his podcast. But with the basketball season right around the corner, I wasn't about to wait for this interview. My guest is an eight-time NBA All-Star, a six-time member of the All-NBA team, a four-time member of the NBA All-Defensive team, and one of the league's most versatile players. I recently, as I said, appeared on this popular podcast, Podcast P, and I'm pleased that he's now returning the favor. Please welcome the man they call PG-13 himself, Star for the Los Angeles Clippers, the one and only Mr. Paul George. What's up, big time? How are you, man? I'm good, baby. I'm good, man. You good with that? You good with that? I appreciate that, man. Well, I appreciate your bravery, my brother, coming on my podcast. You promised me you were coming on, and here you are. So I got to give you props for that. I got to give it to you. Yeah, I told you I'm coming. I mean, you can't bless our studio. You can't right. let us bless us in the media, uh, you know, point of view. You know, it's only right that I return it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. Well, you know well, that. Well, well, let me say this to you, man. We got to keep this little secret between us, man. I, I, I like I actually like your brother, Jackie Long. Actually, we don't need to tell him that. We don't need to tell him. We need to keep that from him, okay? But I actually like Jackie, you know what I'm saying? I liked him even more when I met the brother, you know what I'm saying? So I want to throw that out there. Number one. Number two, before I even get into any basketball stuff, I mean, that, uh, that, that crib that you in looks pretty fly in that background right there. That's That That looked like the wife. That looked like the wife that did all of that. That wasn't you, right? You you already know. I, you get one room when you're married. <laughs> One room, and that's it. And, and my wife did everything else. So you know, shout outs to her. Props I, to her. I feel you. So let's get right into it, man. Because you know, I, I showed up on your podcast. First of all, you're doing a great job. Podcast P is a big time podcast. You're doing great, great things. Congratulations to you, Jackie, and the crew for the great work that y'all did. That y'all are doing. I had a really good time, man. Hanging with y'all. I hung out with y'all for damn near two two and a half hours, and yeah. I had an absolute blast. When you decided. To have a podcast, explain to people why you felt the need to have one. You know what? I think uh, for a lot of reasons, one of them being I'm a pretty low key guy. Not too many people know me outside of basketball and, and, and what I do. Um, and so for me, it was a chance to kind of open myself up to the world. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times I'm shut down. I'm, I might be reserved. I might be. Uh, you know, a little to myself, but in this platform, in this setting, I can be myself. I can say what I want. I can express myself how I want to and not feel any type of way about it because it's content that I'm creating. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was mainly the biggest reason for being uh, wanting to be in this space is that, uh, you know, I get to pave a way in a, in, in, in a, in a way for guys that are doing it actively. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, shout out to the guys, Matt Barnes stack, uh, for doing yeah. it as they retire. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to be, you know, one of the guys in the forefront to do it while they're still playing. And so, uh, it's been fun, man. It's been a great journey. I've been enjoying it so far. 
And, um, you know, look out for more podcasts, P coming. What have you enjoyed most about it? You know what? I think it's, it's therapeutic. I've told a lot of people this to me, it's therapeutic um, because it's just a way to get out stories. It's a way to express things that, you know, you just been holding on to. You haven't really told many people about. Right. Um, and now the world gets to see it. They get to see my point of view on things. And, and you know, it, it might have been situations in my career that everyone had and, and everyone had an opinion on. Everyone commented on. But now hearing it from me on what I was going through, what I felt, uh, my perspective on it. Um, and I, I think, you know, reading the comments and stuff on the podcast P uh, YouTube page, it's just like, wow, you know, PG is a good dude. He's a real dude. He's a funny dude. He's a humble guy. Like that to me, it's funny to me that people is the first time them witnessing that part of me. And it's like, that's just who I've always been. Right. And uh, yeah. So I think it was just it was great to just continue to explore that. The thing that bugs me out about you when you talk about this particular subject is that you know, I've known you for years and obviously being in the media, I've covered you. I've heard people say you injury prone. Mm -hmm. That's about it. I've mm -hmm. never heard anybody. And I mean, anyone utter a negative word about you, not about your personality, not about your character, not about your cordiality, how you treat people, not about your professionalism. Damn sure they ain't talk about your game. It wasn't like they act like you didn't have a game. I mean, even when you got paid major, major dough, nobody sat up there and say he ain't deserve it. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out, you know, this, this, I don't want to say timid or shy, but I think it's fair to say a level of hesitancy you had in expressing yourself before you had your podcast. Where did that come from? Do you feel like people misrepresented your position? Didn't tell what you gave them when they quote, when you, when they gave, when you gave them quotes or anything, what was missing that you felt you needed to have a podcast to make sure it was conveyed? Yeah, I, I think just interview after interview um, and uh, you know, moments after moments, that goes by. And like, I, and like I said, everyone has an opinion on it. Everyone has a comment on it. Right. And just over time, it just eats away at you that like, no, that's not what I meant or that's not right. what I said or how I was trying to say it. Right. Um, and I just feel like over time, a lot of it just kind of gets chopped up and mixed, misconstrued uh, and people make this perspective or have this perspective of me and, and think I'm this person or that person. And it just got to a point where it's like, all right, hold on. I'm, that's not who I am. Like, you want to know the real me? Let me take you down that lane of who Paul George really is. And then let you can have your opinion based off that. Um, but, you know, it, you, you said it right. You know, it, it's just been, you know, time and time after having a conversation with media personnel and, you know, whatever I said didn't come off the way I wanted it to be shown and, 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 you know, words got legs. And, and so, you know, the worst thing about it is to say something and let it grow and let it run off right. and, and you have no control over it. Got you. Now let me ask you a dicey question. You don't have to answer it because it's semi-personal, but it's really not. Is it easier now to have a podcast and express your opinion now that you married or would it have been easier when you were single? Now, I don't know the answer to this question because I ain't never been married. I mean, I'm, le I'm legitimately asking out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think it's easier being married um, because I know what my focus is. I know what direction I want to go with my podcast. I know where to stay away from. Um, 
and I know what lanes I'm in. You know, I think being married definitely adds value to just being comfortable in this space um, of, you know, it goes in with knowing who I am as a, as a husband, as a father, as a friend, like all of that ties in when I'm going into the pot, I know where I'm at and I know I'm level, you know, opposed to, I feel like, you know, being, you know, a guy that has a lot going on, this going on here, that going on there kind of stretched out when it comes to the pot. Now I'm just all over the place, you know, and, and, and I feel like you're not getting the whole version of me. So Mm. Um, that, that, that's me, you know, it, it might be different, you know, for other people, it's, it's a subjective, I, f- I feel like conversation, but you know, for me, I feel you, um, who's been your inspiration when it comes to this podcast. And I only ask that question from the standpoint of a modern day player doing those kind of things. One would surmise LeBron doing the shop with the mm-hmm. boys and different guests and stuff like that obviously has played a pivotal role. That's a show as opposed to a podcast, but it all falls in line with mm-hmm. one another, whether it's him, it's KD with the boardroom or mm-hmm. Kyrie with his podcast. And damn sure ain't Kawhi though. Cause he ain't trying to talk to nobody. We ain't talking <laughs> about Kawhi. We know that we know better than that, but I'm asking you as, as, a, as, as modern day players, current players doing things like that. Is there anybody that has stood out that has been inspirational to you in that regard? Um, not necessarily, you know, I didn't, I didn't look at anyone that was in this space with Bron, KD, Draymond, um, you know, Pat Bev, I, I think I came out before ours did. Right. I didn't necessarily look at those guys like, Hey, I want to do that as well. Um, but I loved watching those guys going through it and, and, you know, them expressing themselves. Cause I watched them, you know, I was a fan of, of their work off the court. I was a fan of their minds, their perspective, their point of views. Um, because all of them have beautiful minds of the game. And so, you know, it was, uh, that's just where it came about, you know, where it was the opportunity was presented to me to have an opportunity to do this and, 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 you know, get my stuff across. Um, it was, it was more, you know, what I wanted to do necessarily than hearing, you know, those other guys go through their pods. You know, I'm thinking about guys like DeMar DeRozan, Mm -hmm. Kevin Love, both of whom have spoken to me and both of who have acknowledged uh, their battles um, with mental health and just just mm-hmm. mental awareness, mental health, things of that nature, right? Um, I don't recall specifically what you said about that specific issue as it pertains to your life, but speak to that for a second about your mental health, your mental well-being, and how having a podcast has helped you in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never got to a point where I felt my mental was off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you hear guys going through, you know, episodes of not being themselves or, you know, mentally a weakness going on, um, you know, you, you hear those stories, but you, you can't, well, for me, I couldn't necessarily relate to it. Cause you know, I've never felt I've had that moment up until the bubble. And so going through the bubble situation, you know, I didn't, I I was at a crossroad where I didn't know where the hell to go, what to do, you know, thoughts were turning into restless nights, not being able to sleep, just mind racing. And I'm like, yo, like, who am I right now? Like, what, what am I, what am I doing? And then on top of that, you know, we're, we're in a a place where we're trying to fight, you know, systematic uh, racism from inside the bubble. We're still trying to be professionals playing, you know, at the highest level competing for a championship. So it was just so much to juggle. And um, I think, you know, that's the first time I, I, I say I had that battle with, uh, you know, uh, a mental 
fatigue or mental weakness. Well, and I was failing. I was losing that fight. I think that that's be a lot of people could say that. Listen, I didn't make it to the bubble. All right. Uh, because ESPN didn't make most of us go to the bubble. But mm -hmm. had they asked me to go, um, I would have gone and it, it would have been before I actually contracted COVID that particular year. But I got to tell you something, man, just being out in the streets and looking at the streets of New York City and looking at the streets of L.A., it looked like a ghost town and mm -hmm. it scared the living hell out of me. And, you know, I could understand where you were coming from with that totally. But I ask you this, because when y'all were in the bubble, y'all mm -hmm. lost a 3-1 lead in the postseason. Y'all lost a 3-1 mm -hmm. lead. How much did that play a role in y'all losing that? Yeah. Chance? Well, you know what? It didn't play a role. You know, it, it, as it was going on, there was a buildup. There was a okay. buildup. Um, because, again, like I said, I wasn't sleeping. I probably went the, the last probably two weeks uh, of being in the bubble mm -hmm. um, of no sleep. And that's, wow. that's literally trying to fall asleep wide awake every night. Right. Wow. And, um, and so once we started losing and it was slipping away, cause I mean, in fact, the matter was we were playing well in the bubble as a unit. Um, I've had, I was having moments of struggling, but as a team, we were playing well up until that point. Um, and then, so as we're losing traction on that, that Denver series, it, it started to eat away at you like, Oh shit. Or, or I'm, I don't know if, what words I can say on your pod? Excuse you me. Say, you can say whatever. You say whatever. Okay. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't, 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 you know, ain't FCC airwaves. Go ahead. Say what you got to okay. say. <laughs> All right. Okay. But, um, you know, as we're losing games, now it's starting to pile on and, and now it's amplified. And now it's, 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 you know, I'm seeing it on because there was no outlets, right? We're in a room. We're in a hotel room. You cut on ESPN. Uh, Clippers lose again. Clippers, what's happening? Paul George, what's going on with the Clippers? What are, are they? Can they get out of this? Uh, out of this round, uh, they're slipping. They're they're up three one. They're down. Th they're up three two. They're series tied. You know now it's it's just slowly just more pressure, more pressure, more pressure. Right. And um, yeah. I mean, it. it I won't. I won't lie. It, it definitely was uh was adding fuel to the fire of what I was going through. Um, but then when it was all said and done, when we lost, it was a. It was a. It was. It was kind of like relief. Like you know, now I can go back to. Some some sort of normalness in my life. I can go back home. I kind of can regroup, find the help I need, and um, you know, kind of put this behind me and, and move forward. If somebody looked at Paul George right now and they said, "Paul George, you've accomplished a lot in your career. You've exhibited greatness. We saw you take center stage when you were an Indiana Pacer going up against LeBron James and D Wade and those boys. We know what you can do." but you have yet to capture an NBA championship. Why? What would Paul George say to that question as to why he hasn't been a champion as of yet? Um, you know what? I think the only thing that I can answer to that is, is just unfortunate events. And for me, it's just been injuries. Um, you know, every chance and opportunity I've had, uh, since Indiana has has fallen short because of an injury like people don't know the Utah series my first year in in uh Oklahoma I had a a, a partial torn meniscus mm. my game started to decline as the medicine was wearing off wow and so you watch the end of that series I was barely moving I was barely creating separation on stuff just because you know I, I couldn't move anymore at that point 
Um, and then the, the, the following year, I had the shoulders, uh, you know, messed up shoulders against Portland. I wasn't quite myself. Um, and then, it, you know, it was a slippery slope from there. You know, uh, you know, the, the, the year that we could have won it um, when Kawhi goes down was just a misfortune, you know, that that he got hurt. Um, and so I think for, for me, it's just been injuries that that played a lot of my postseasons. Um, and, you know, I, I can only speak on that. Mm-hmm. If I lose because, you know, I was healthy, I, I wasn't ready or I wasn't prepared enough or I wasn't good enough at that moment to win it. Um, and, and I can't make an excuse on when the times I was healthy uh, and why I haven't won. Well, I ain't going to be a slick ass and shady and ask you a question. And then you incriminate you, you know, I incriminate you because you answered an honest question. I'm going to give you credit where credit is due. You don't have to worry about me ever throwing that in your face. But I will ask you this. Do you believe before you arrived with Kawhi Leonard that there was ever a time where you would have won the championship before you connected with Kawhi Leonard with the clip? While I'm while I'm still in Oklahoma. Okay, it could be Oklahoma, it could be Indiana. I mean, is there a time where you looked at yourself and you said, if I hadn't gotten hurt, we'd be champions before Absolutely. you arrived in L.A.? Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, are you speaking before, which hurt, broken leg or? It, it doesn't matter. I'm saying any year you want before you connected with Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which year was that? I, which year was that? I mean, I felt after that, uh, after the year we lost, to what was that 2014 we lost to Miami yep. in Indiana yep that that summer uh is when I broke my leg yeah and you know I was you know talking to somebody Lester yesterday I was talking to Michael Beasley about this yesterday okay um that was the most devastating part of my career from a standpoint of I felt after that year I had a great run playing against Miami playing against Brian Mm-hmm. I felt like going into that next year, I was going to play with the with the the you know FIBA team. I was going to learn from other stars. I was going to take stuff from them, add value to myself going into the next season. I was really looking forward to that summer of getting better and finally figuring it out of how to get over the hump with with my team in Indy. And uh, the most devastating part about it was just the life that was taken away from everybody after that injury. Everyone left. D West left. Roy left. Lance left, um, and, and and that was really the window that was closed for us in Indiana. So I honestly believe we would have won a championship had I been healthy going forward at some point in Indiana. I don't know if, if that would have allowed the team to add one more piece there in Indy to, to help us get over that hump or not, but I felt I was strong enough at that point um, of, of continuing on to carry that torch uh, of being that guy in, in Indy. Let me fast forward to when you first arrived with the Clippers. You were in Oklahoma City. You were Russell Westbrook's teammate. Um, at one point in time, Carmelo Anthony was there, if I remember correctly. Obviously, I always give love to my brother Carmelo. You know who I feel. I still feel can ball. I still feel can make a contribution on today. That's how I feel about him. But that's neither here nor there. And I remember when you arrived in Los Angeles. And one of the stories was that, obviously, Kawhi Leonard, superstar in the league, champion with the Toronto Raptors getting ready to go to Los Angeles, going back home. That's where he wanted to go, et cetera. He wanted Paul George. And mm-hmm. if he didn't get Paul George, 
He was going to be a Laker. That was the story. Everybody was talking about that. And the Clippers had to give up the farm in order to get Paul George to appease Kawhi Leonard. That was our story from our angle. How did you view your arrival in Los Angeles with the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. You know, me and uh, so me and Kawhi wanted to play with each other far before uh him winning that championship in Toronto, him being a free agent that summer. Like we've talked about being on the same team, maybe two, three years prior to, to that moment of us being traded or me being traded that summer. And so, you know, he, after he won it, you know, I contacted him, congratulating him, you know, and, and that conversation pretty much took a life of its own. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it sparked based off of him wanting to play with me, him saying, like, listen, I don't I, I can't speak for him, but I'll speak for myself. OK, he wanted to be in L.A. Everyone knew that. Yeah. And Clippers just so happened to be the team that he really wanted to go to. They had the Clippers just had a tough series against Golden State. And me and him were like, we're talking about it like, man. They got the team. They just need the star uh, power behind them. They got Pat Bev. They got uh, Lou Will. They got Shamit. They got the coaching. Like, they just need star power behind it. Mm -hmm. So we were looking at that from that perspective and point of view. Like, man, if we go there, we can really, you know, we can do something there. Right. And um, that was that was really the conversation he had when he went into that, you know, Clippers meeting that, hey, I can get Paul George. If y'all can go get him, we can make this team better. Mm. So how tight have y'all been? I'm talking about before you arrived, because clearly you're tight now. But how tight were y'all before you arrived in L.A.? Um, I mean, we weren't we weren't super tight, but there was there was definitely huge respect. Um, you know, we had each other's number and we would talk from time to time. Um, and then, you know, it was so love. Kawhi, so, so Kawhi and Leonard actually talks. I mean, he actually talks. I mean, he, this oh. what you tell me. he actually has a conversation with people. I mean, is that true? Is that true? Is that true? I mean, damn. I mean, this is a brother that has commercials, sneaker commercials, and little kids are talking instead of him. You do know that, right? I mean, you do know hey, that, right, PG? That's New Balance knowing they star, man. They gotta, they gotta rally behind they star. I got you. So let's get right. <laughs> let's get right to it because you, you, you. One of the reasons that I ended up coming on your podcast because y'all was getting on me for talking about Kawhi Leonard, and, and my position is very clear. I would never question the brother's game. He's a superstar. Ain't no doubt about it. Pressure don't mean anything to him. He can handle it. He's an amazing, amazing basketball player. Long before we saw him shooting jumpers all over the place and averaging more than 25 a game, he was a lockdown defender and a champion mm -hmm. for the San Antonio Spurs. We know what this brother brings to the table. Two-time champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP. He is something surreal. My issue was, and you took issue with this, is that he's the worst superstar a franchise could possibly have, A, because he's missed 48% of his game since he's been in Los Angeles due to injury, which can happen to anybody, and I understand that. Mm -hmm. But the flip side is he says nothing. So he mm -hmm. does absolutely nothing to promote the product if he's not playing. And that, to me, is all I was trying to say. I'm like, 
you you, you got a market. I mean, Le- LeBron, uh, Russell Westbrook might be, he might be a, a, a part of Fashion Week in Paris or something, walking walking down the runway. You know, D Wade, God help us. Who knows what pink outfit he might wear next? I don't know what the hell's going on with him. LeBron James, you see him on a yacht or jumping off hills, screaming black excellence. I mean, something to create headlines. Kawhi, yeah. you don't see him. You don't hear him. You don't hear from him. He doesn't talk to anybody. No quotes anywhere. Nothing. That was yeah. my position. What was the problem with that position, bro? I, I mean, it's it, there's guys that come across that aren't social guys. They aren't social media guys. I mean, the Joker doesn't have Instagram. He's not a social guy. You don't see commercials. You don't see, uh, you know, you you see you see him now from other people coveraging him in right. Serbia with his uh, horse race stuff that's like, true. and that's just to give uh you know and but we all know Joker is a superstar he's a mega star that's right. um Kawhi is that same in that same tone you know he he's not big on the social media he doesn't have a social media presence but you'll get Kawhi sightings I know he went to uh, a soccer game out in London there was Kawhi coverage there he goes to. The, he went to the 49ers game not too long ago uh, last summer um, or last year. He, there was a Kawhi sighting. I mean, he he pops up and, and, you know, I think he he brands the Clippers wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just not that's just not his thing. Some people love to just go under the ro- ro- radar, be themselves. Um, and, and I think that's what you have with Kawhi. Yeah. And I would say, all I was saying is this. Well, first of all, you bring up Jokic. Jokic don't miss games. Let's get that out the way. He don't miss much. He don't miss many games. So let's get that out the way. But secondly, and more importantly, all I was trying to say was that, Hey, you know what? Kawhi's big time. There's no doubt about it, but marketability is everything. You know, that is very, very few players that really, really get that shine and that paper that they looking for if mm-hmm. they're not a marquee in a multitude of ways. That's all I was saying about it. But I, I, I understand ahead. that. But then are you going to ask, are you going to ask a guy to be something that they're no. not? Or, no. or are you going to ask him to do something that he's not comfortable no. with? No, I'm not going to ask him to do that. But I'm saying that if you're not going to do any of those things that you know you're not going to do any of those things, don't drop 38 one night, show up to shoot around the next morning, and then at 4 o'clock say you can't play. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. problem. Don't you think that's a problem? I mean, you got to, you, you got to, the thing about that situation, you got to know the full story to that. That's fair. And that's not, that's only for Kawhi that's to fair. tell that story of what really went on in that certain right. situation. Right. That I think people will understand where he's coming from on why he didn't play to finish the season. So I, I you know, I, I, that's his story to tell, not mine. Right. Um, but you know, I, I will tell you this. If Kawhi can play, he's going to play. If it's up to him, he's going to hoop. Okay. And uh, sharing a locker room with him, like that's one thing I will say. Uh, when it comes down to if it's on his time and his clock, like he he's ready to play and he wants to play. Let me say this to you right in front of an audience right now. I will never question the legitimacy of Kawhi Leonard's injuries. I would never even imply that, you know what, the injury is not real. It's not It's not severe. I would never say anything like that. Never about him. Never mm-hmm. about most athletes. I, I just think that's a sacrilegious thing to do. What I will say, however, is this. I can't understand the frustration of, of fans, A, because, my goodness, you want to see him so badly because you know what ha- Y'all win games when both of y'all are on the court. The mm-hmm. flip side is, and I explained this to you on podcast, Pete. I said, look, 
when you get hurt, we actually see it. You come down on your leg, they be like, damn, oh my God, is he going to be all right? Is he going to be all We actually saw it. With Kawhi Leonard, there's been a multitude of occasions where you're looking at him and he looks fine and he's mm. busting somebody's ass. And then mm. you turn around and the next day, he ain't available. And, and you do find stuff like it's it, it, it's got to be a very frustrating thing for fans. Have you ever imagined or thought about how frustrating it could be for a coach like Ty Lue, who's a champion as a coach, who's had multiple appearance in the NBA Finals appearance as a coach and doesn't truly get to coach his team because of the plethora of injuries that y'all have suffered? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not fair. You know, it's not fair for T. Lou. I, I can definitely uh, speak on that, especially with myself. You know, uh, it's not fair for him to have a game plan, to have the way he wants to attack a team, the way that he wants to coach, um, and then not be able to, to, to have the guys that he knows or he's designing plays for or he's creating matchups for um, not be able to play. Like, it, it, it is tough. I, I And for the fans as well. Like, I get it. I, I, I totally 100% understand it. I want to um, chime, chime in and interject because I know you got a hard out and you got to run and I really, really appreciate the time that you gave me. I want you to do two things in one for me before you end this interview, Paul George. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, first of all, you know you and Devin Booker are going to have that encounter because you talked about playing bully ball and you know that Devin Booker responded to that and you know you're going to have to show up for that one. You do know that, right? You do know mm-hmm. that. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Every, that's with everybody. Okay. Okay. You want everybody. You're going to play bully ball against everybody, right? Everybody. So last question to you, Paul George. If, first of all, where are the Clippers going to finish this year if both you and Kawhi Leonard are healthy? And before you answer that question, I want you to answer that question in a Charles Barkley imitation. Because I heard you give a pretty good Charles (laughs) Barkley imitation. That's what I want. I want you to tell me what the Clippers are going to do imitating Charles Barkley while you do it. Well, let me tell you something first, Stephen. <laughs> Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are two of the best players that I've seen play together. Okay? I got the two brothers. I got them finishing top three. <laughs> and, and let me tell you one thing about it. If those, if those guys play both ends the way they do, I'm going to go out and say they finished second in the West. Second in the West. Second in the West. Second in the West. So you're saying y'all going to finish second in the West in the regular season? Or period? Regular season. Okay. Regular season. Y'all winning the championship. First of all, who's going to finish first and you're going to win the championship? I'm going I'm to give, give Denver I'm gonna give Denver their credit. They returning the same team besides Bruce Brown. Right. Who was a big part. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give them their respect, their credit. They're the champions until beaten. Right. And we struggled historically against Denver. Right. You brought up a 3-1. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say they 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 not the best record in the West next season. Uh, but we finished a tough second. And uh, if healthy, we got a chance. And I'm going to go ahead and, and say we got a chance to win it. Okay. 
I'm gonna let it's you go. I can't say it's we're going to win. It's not no right. one's championship until right. proven. But yeah. We got one of the biggest chances to win it if healthy. I'm gonna let you go on that note, Paul George. I appreciate you, but I'm gonna let you know right now. I'm gonna show back up on your podcast because you just said Denver, but you didn't mention KD, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal in Phoenix. We're going to talk about, I'm, I'm going to wait till I come back on your podcast to talk about that. <laughs> All right? I yep. appreciate it. leave him out unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Man, I appreciate the time, my brother, man. Thank you so much, th- so much for your time, man. Podcast P in the house. The one and only Paul George, PG-13 in the house yes, with George Truly, man. Appreciate you, man. One love. And I'll definitely catch up with you in the weeks to come because you know I can't wait for this NBA season, man. And we'll talk again, all right? Sounds um, good. Appreciate you, Stephen A. Doing, no doubt. I'm not being fake or phony about it. Paul George has always been one of the nicest brothers in the league. He's class personified. I've said the same thing about Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, and various other dudes. It's just guys that their disposition ain't truculent. They don't come at you the wrong way. They may get salty from time to time about things that you say, but you got to take them there. They don't assume and, you know, try to come at you with this acerbic kind of attitude or anything like that. So I've always had love for Paul George, always appreciated him, not as much as my sister, though. My sister, Carmen, is ridiculous. She just loves the ground his man over there. She, he wants some cookies. She'll bake him some cookies. You understand what I'm saying? All because, you know what, he he gave her an autograph one day when LeBron refused to do so after LeBron James and the Miami Heat had beaten Paul George in the Indiana, in the Indiana Pacers in Game 7 back in 2014, like he alluded to. But once again, my thanks to one of the nicest brothers in the league, Paul George. When healthy, he is an absolute star in this league. And I just pray. I mean, listen, I'm not rooting against Kawhi Leonard. I actually hope Kawhi Leonard is uh, can get to 100% because I want to see a healthy Kawhi Leonard on the court with a healthy Paul George, and I want to see what the Los Angeles Clippers do because I like the Clippers organization. I like Steve Ballmer as an owner. I'm very fond of him. We we talk every time we see one another. Lawrence Frank is, a, in a, is an astute basketball mind that has earned his stripes throughout the years and is an executive there. Ty Lue, I consider to be arguably the best coach in basketball, okay? Man, even my boy Chris Wallace, I go back many, many years with him in communication. He used to work with Philadelphia 76ers. That's my little brother right there. Loving to death. So I'm not rooting against the Clippers, and I damn sure ain't rooting against Paul George. I just want to see him healthy. And goodness, Kawhi Leonard, I did mean what I said. He is the worst superstar a team could have because he misses half his games, and he doesn't do anything to market his team or the sport. So – I'm sure when you talk about making money and contributing to the bottom line, that's what you understand what I'm what I'm talking about. At least you should. 888-727-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. That is the number to call in to the Stephen A. Smith Show. I've got that coming up along with a rematch scheduled to take place that there's no way in hell it should happen. More of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Back with you in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? 
Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming at you as I love to do at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, live over the digital airwaves of YouTube. As a reminder, you can call into the show now if you want to. If you have something to say, I'm not hiding. The number to call up is 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. Before I take calls, I need to address something that's very, very important to me. It involves former welterweight champion Errol Spence Jr., who exercised his right to a rematch clause with the reigning undisputed two-division champion that is Terrence Bud Crawford. It was a spectacular beatdown in July of epic proportions, a beatdown the likes of which I've rarely seen in boxing history. I've seen... Floyd Money Mayweather beat the crap out of the late, great uh, Arturo Gatti, God rest his soul. I saw Floyd Money Mayweather destroy Diego Corrales, knocked him down about five or six times, uh, just embarrassed him. I saw that. I saw George Foreman beat Joe Frazier so badly, Joe Frazier tried to run away and Foreman knocked him upside the back of his head, something that had my father laughing for the remainder of his life until he passed away in August of 2018. My father, that fight was like in 1973, and my father laughed damn near the next 50 years over that one. It was the funniest moment he'd ever seen. All of those things hit me. Um, I've seen Felix Trinidad destroy William Joppy at Madison Square Garden in front of a bunch of Puerto Ricans that came to see him and just destroyed them. This was that kind of beatdown. It was that bad. And the beatdown was so bad, I want to replay for you what I said the Monday following that fight on first take on ESPN. Listen to what I said a month ago. I want to announce this on national television right here on first take. I believe that Errol Spence Jr. should consider retirement. That's how bad that ass whipping was. Not only did he get into that accident in 2019, three months later, he revealed he was also rear-ended. A couple of years later, a 14-year-old stole his mama's vehicle, drove in a car, ran a red light, and he was in an accident because of that. You have him having to leave the game for a year because he had a detached retina. When you consider the multitude of injuries outside of the ring mm -hmm. that he had, combined with what he experienced Saturday night, I got Teddy Atlas on the phone telling me there should be a commission that doesn't even allow Errol Spence Jr. to fight for at least the next year. Yeah. And I agree with Teddy Atlas. Maybe I, will be, I was being a bit hyperbolic when I talked about retirement. The man is 28-1. and one. It was the first loss of Errol Spence Jr.'s career. He is a stud. He is a big-time fighter. Um, it, it was a struggle for him to meet the 147 pound weight limit. Um, I heard in the days leading up to it, he found himself in a sauna and other places just fatigued and what have you, because he was trying to sweat off the weight and stuff. I get all of that, but an ass whipping is an ass whipping. And when you take as much punishment as he was taking and you saw the way that he looked after the fight, um, that was just hard to see. It, it, it really, really was. Spence Jr. was in bad shape after the fight. I mean, if you don't believe me, I mean, I, I understand everybody, you know, you, you want to be 
cryptic and you want to be skeptical and you want to disagree with Stephen A, I guess you think you get points for that. Let me tell you something. Where's your soul? Seriously, ask yourself, where's your soul? Because when you look at Terrence Crawford, who was in better shape, who was sharper, who looked strong, he was supposed to be the smaller fighter. He was stronger. He was poised. He was ready. He was clearly the better boxer. He was faster. He was quicker. And if that's not enough, based off of what you saw, could you please take a look at Errol Spence Jr. after this fight? Look at this right here, please. I'm not going to stew over it all. Um, I did what I was um, supposed to do regardless of you know, the outcome or anything like that. Like I said, I was going to do something, and I promised everybody I was going to do it. So I did it as a man. I stood up on my word, so... I'm definitely not going to uh, soak over this. I'm going to get right back and uh, get to it, hopefully at uh, 154 pounds. Well, he's getting his wish because Crawford has to honor the rematch clause, even though he'd rather fight people like Jamal Charlo or Jamel Charlo, uh, who's about to fight Canelo Alvarez. Um, you know, or he'd like to fight, even move up and fight Canelo Alvarez, even though Canelo Alvarez is like not really entertaining that. The reality is, is that Errol Spence Jr. doesn't need to be back in the ring. You saw him. You heard the slurring of his words. I know it was in the immediate aftermath of the beatdown, but my goodness, we know what we saw. Crawford's trainer, Brian McIntyre, has said no specific date has been discussed, but he hopes it'll happen before the end of the year. My response to that would be, how could you possibly hope that? I mean, you want to buy as much time as you possibly can, A, for Errol Spence to fully recover looks-wise. Just the scars. I mean, if you it, it, listen, if you think I'm exaggerating, go look at that episode of Martin Lawrence. Martin, the show was called when Tommy the Hitman Hearns was on the show, and he said to Tommy, "I heard they, you know, he said you call yourself the Hitman when I spoke to Sugar, and he called you the Get Hitman, okay? And it was funny, but look at at the end of the show how Martin Lawrence had on that mask, looking like he was all beat up, and then go look at Errol Spence Jr." Errorly, er, you know, just just an eerie resemblance. It was bad, y'all. And I love Errol Spence Jr. I'm not cracking jokes. I'm not laughing. I don't think it's funny. It's It was just bad. He does not need to get back in the ring with Terrence Crawford this year. Me personally, period. But especially this year. He, need, he don't need to get back in the ring before next summer. But he had a rematch clause. He exercised it. It most certainly will take place at 154 pounds, and Spence has indicated he plans to move up in weight. So there you have it. It is what it is. My apologies. Technical difficulties once again. I'll get to the bottom of it. I thought I did already, but unfortunately I haven't been able to. Um, I'm going to end the show today, but I wanted to thank everybody for listening. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. There's a lot of stuff to get into. There's a lot of stuff scheduled to go on this week in college football, National Football League, NBA action, and not action itself, but there's always news to go on to. But my phone lines are not working as appropriately as I thought that they would. So I apologize for that. I appreciate it. And I promise you I'll do everything that I can to get to the bottom of it. All right. Thanks for watching the latest episode of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Reminded that we're on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific over the digital airways of YouTube. 
Again, thank you so much. I know I'm closing in on 300,000 subscribers. This is one of those rare days I feel I've shortchanged y'all. I make sure uh, that I'll rectify that situation because I'm not accustomed to shortchanging viewers and listeners. So I really apologize for that. And I'll get to the bottom of it again. Thank you so much. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you providing the support that you do. If you didn't, I wouldn't be here. So please know I'm incredibly grateful to it, for it rather. Make sure to link and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show by clicking the bell to get notified of all of our new content. Again, I'll be back soon enough, okay? I apologize. Y'all take care of yourself. Until next time, this is Stephen A. Signing off. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.